0: Thank you, it's nice to be with you this morning you know it's good to hear about the day yesterday, I just heard about it this morning Graham was telling me as I come in how you said uh, the community and, and different people, two, three hundred people so that is amazing, it was your 10th year anniversary and just making divine connections, you know that's one of the things God seems to be doing in the time that we're living in right now, Connect, making divine connections you know, connecting us with other churches and other groups and people within the community and that's something I'm going to mention in here this morning, but we were praying in the prayer room there and uh, I just felt a real anticipation, you know, once again it's like another confirmation that things are not going to remain as they are, something is going to change, you know, it was, I feel like that some momentum was in there, the presence of God came in as Graham and Hugh were praying and some stuff was coming forth, you know, but it was really mind-blowing, you know, that things are not going to remain as as they are. And I'm going to speak this morning from Acts chapter 10, and uh, it's really three different things happened within this chapter, from the start to the finish, three different events, and there were supernatural occurrences, and one was with Cornelius, another one was with Peter. Then another one was when they came together. You know, God God made a divine connection between the two. Their destinies collided, but many different events happened. And they lead up to Acts chapter 10. But, uh, uh, so I may just touch on some of the aim. But before that I'll read Acts chapter 10 verse twenty-six. And the, the other, I won't read the full chapter. Although there's stuff within the full chapter which is kind of relevant. But it's quite a well-known chapter. And I can just recite some of it from memory. But Acts chapter 10 and verse twenty-six, it says this. There was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius. Uh, Centurion of what was called the Italian Regiment. Centurion meaning he was in charge of a hundred men. A devout man and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people meaning gifts to the poor and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius, And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, what is it, Lord? So he said to him, your prayers and your alms have come up for a memorial before God. Now send men to Joppa and send for Simon, whose son name is Peter. He is lodging with Simon atana, whose house is by the sea. He will tell you what you must do. So I'll come back to that. But stuff took place within this chapter but It was very supernatural three different supernatural events or occurrences and but this goes right back to Acts chapter 1 where things were taking place that was supernatural see in Acts chapter 1 uh, Jesus was going to ascend after 50 days he had, he had went to the cross he died on the cross and the third day he was resurrected and uh, then he appeared for 50 days to the disciples and the Bible says he appeared to 500 people uh, at one time in, in one occasion but before he ascended it tells us in Acts chapter 1 verse 8 that this was the last thing that, or one of the last things that he said it says you shall receive power When the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be witnesses, first in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And it was Luke that wrote the book of Acts, but he also wrote the book of Luke. And in Luke chapter 24, there is something very similar recorded where he says, You shall be tarry in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high. Tari, meaning wait, and they waited for ten days. Then in Luke chapter, uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8, it says you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you. Why? To be witnesses. To see, Luke was using a judicial term when he, he mentions the word witness and he mentioned the, words, the word testify. And if we are going to be a witness to something in a, in a court of law and if we're going to testify, it's got to be something that we have experienced. You know, something we have seen or heard or both, seen, seen and heard or both. It's got to be from our own experience. We can't, somebody can't get into a court of law and begin to testify about something that somebody else told them. They say, I, I, I never seen that incident, but somebody else told me about it. The, the, the lawyer shuts them down right away. after they start, sharing their own experience, they've gone into somebody else's experience. The lawyer sh- shuts them down because it's hearsay evidence. But it's got to be personal. Something has got to happen harm, harm to somebody personal. And it says that you're going to receive power to be witnesses First in Jerusalem, then Judea, then Samaria, then to the ends of the earth. Meaning, it's got to be authentic. You know, about four weeks ago, I met Sandy in Aldi's. And uh, do you remember Sandy? And I said, Sandy, this is Billy, this is a man in his early 70s, and it's really my, my daughter's grandfather. You know, and I, somebody's heard me tell the story, I get reconciled to my daughter a, a, a year ago. And now I'm kind of rebuilding a relationship with her grandfather, that's like her mother's father. And he's a a Catholic, a, a, a believing Catholic, he believes in Christ to the same degree that he understands. And he sees, he sees me witnessing to people all the time. I take him out once a week. take him up to Aldi's for his messages and I take him up to Motherwell Town Centre. And, and a lovely man, you know, and he's been through a lot, through no fault of his own, but just some, some issues going on within his family. And uh, I'll take him to a wee cafe and spend a couple of hours with him, you know, and it's been, it's been a blessing to me as well. But he'll hear me witnessing to people on the street in Motherwell Town Centre and i witness to him as well. So I said to Sandy, I said, Sandy, this is Billy, well, and I told Sandy who it was. I say he believes in Jesus Christ. I say, but he's a Catholic, you know, meaning he believes according to the knowledge that he's got. He believes maybe a wee bit different for us. And Sandy says, "Well, I came here now. It he says you need to accept Jesus Christ into your heart, you know." And what was Sandy talking about? He's talking from experience, you know. See, most Catholic people—when I'm not criticising Catholics—I was—I was one myself. But most of them would never say something like that because that is not their experience but we are testifying from our own experience and what are we really testifying about? we're testifying about the mercy and the grace and the power of God you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you Meaning, you know, the, the, the power, the life-changing power of Jesus Christ will produce a witness within us to share Jesus Christ with those who we come into contact with. You know, and they began to obey that instruction. And the Bible tells us that they went into the upper room, 120 people and they began to pray for 10 days you know something was awakened within them to be persistent to pray the same way we were praying in there this morning for the fire of God to come you know I never even prayed but these prayers were coming through about the fire of God about God you know releasing his fire releasing his power you know and it was powerful but they began to pray and they began to be persistent and it says God poured out his spirit you know and they began to receive that power and it even mentions fire Tongues of fire. You know, and the 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 church of Jesus Christ was birthed. It came forth. And Peter, who had denied Jesus three times because he was scared, you know, he was scared to acknowledge that Jesus Christ was his Savior. He denied him three times, stood up in the day of Pentecost under the anointing of the Holy Spirit under the power of God and began to preach about Jesus Christ went to the cross that he died on the third day he rose rose again and the Bible tells us that 3,000 people came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ what was different about Peter Peter had an encounter he had an experience you know something different had happened in his life and it gave him this boldness to preach and 3,000 people were saved now that cannot happen Uh, through natural means this was supernatural, it was God it was sovereign, you know one man under the power of God and these events begin to take place within the book of Acts for example in Acts chapter 4 they're praying again and they're asking God stretch out your hand to heal that signs and wonders may be done in the name of your holy servant Jesus. And God poured out his spirit again. And it was so profound it says that the building began to shake that they were in. And several years have passed by this time for, 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 the, for the, uh, Acts chapter 1. It is believed or estimated there must have been a way of working these things out. But the time they get to Acts chapter 5... Uh, five years had passed, they say. Then Acts chapter 10, ten years had passed. So this wasn't happening overnight. This was an ongoing thing, you know, happening over a period of of a few years. But in Acts chapter 5, you know, they were no longer indoors. Revival had broke out. And this was amazing because Jesus Christ had, had healed the multitudes. Multitudes and multitudes of people he had healed. Thousands of people would come. And he would tell every single person and preach a gospel. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the greatest miracle ministry the world has ever seen. But Jesus was gone. The Bible says he was seated at the right hand of the Father. And now it was Peter, Peter and these apostles, a man upon the earth, just a human being like me or you. And the Bible says they start coming. You know, they're outdoors. And they start coming from every direction. It says they came from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem. This is Acts chapter 5, verse 16. And it's a really interesting verse. Because it says they came from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem. Bringing sick people. And those who were tormented by unclean spirits. There's many sick people in the world today. Who've got issues in their body. Those who are tormented by unclean spirits. Meaning those who are severely mentally ill you know severely tormented or steeped in sin they're tormented by unclean spirits and it says bringing them and laying them down on the ground and it says peter was walking down and if even they got a shadow's length away from him you know they were being healed and the demons were being cast out this was peter anointed by the holy spirit with the glory of god emanating from them, and if they get close enough as a shadow's length they were being healed it says that the sick were being healed the evil spirits were being cast out why because of the power of god because of the very glory of god but Acts chapter 5 verse 16 says something very interesting in the last part of the verse it says, I'll just quote the full verse again. It says, also, also a multitude gathered from the surrounding cities to Jerusalem, bringing sick people and those who were tormented by unclean spirits. So it's in multitudes. They're coming from every direction. We're talking about a lot, a lot of people here. And the last part of the verse says this, They were all healed. They were all healed. <coughs> And I think that's maybe only the, the one place you find that in the Bible, out with the ministry of Jesus Christ, they were all healed. A man under the power of God, you know, that the place has been turned upside down. They're coming from everywhere. What is that? That is the fire of God. You know, the power of God manifesting in the midst of the people. And she, she, we know God used Paul powerfully, and he used Peter powerfully, but there's another man came on the scene, and he's only known a wee bit compared to him. no known as much as him but his name is Philip and this is what the Bible says about Philip it says he went from place to place to place preaching and the first place he went to was Samaria and this is just some of the supernatural events there's more but I'm not going to mention them all what happened in the lead up to Acts chapter 10 but it says he went from place to place to place But the first place was Samaria and it says that he preached Christ to them. He preached Christ. So I don't believe he was using notes. I've got some notes here today just to see where I'm going. But I don't believe he was using notes. He was preaching out of an encounter with Jesus Christ. And God is wanting to raise up people today who will be testifiers of the goodness, of the mercy and the grace and the life changing power of Jesus Christ. And Philip was preaching out of that encounter. It says he was preaching Christ to them. And it says the marvel because of the miracles and the signs which he done. And it goes on to say that even that the paralyzed, people who are paralyzed, you know, today they've been in wheelchairs. The paralyzed and the lame. Not just the paralyzed, but the paralyzed and the lame were healed. And it says the evil spirits were cast out. Think of the people as evil, the evil spirits. People in mental hospitals. I was in Wish General. The last few days visiting somebody. Ward 1. In Ward 2, I was in Ward 1 visiting somebody, and that is people with severe mental health issues. Some of them have took breakdowns, and I was visiting somebody who's taken a breakdown. You know, I was in a few days in there, and I met another guy who's in Ward 2, eh, a young African guy. And I says, what, what are you doing? Are you? I met him out with the ward, and I says, what's wrong with you? What's happened? He says, I'm suffering from schizophrenia. And to, back then that would be these type of people who were severely unwell and the evil spirits were being cast out, see a psychiatrist can't cure the person but right here we see Philip he, seeing the paralyzed being healed, the lame being healed and the evil spirits been cast out, the physical and the spiritual and a major breakthrough had came to the earth, you know the fire of God was moving and we come to Acts chapter 10 and I read the first six verses where it speaks about this guy Cornelius and this was the first time that the gospel had went from the Jews to the Gentiles but you know when they began to receive that power in Acts chapter 2 in Acts chapter 4 they were in prayer they were in prayer and something was unlocked there was an unlocking took place and in Acts chapter 10 they first, I think it was six verses I read, six or seven it tells you that Cornelius, it was a centurion, meaning he was in charge of a hundred men of the Italian regiment, meaning the occupying force who had, they had occupied Israel and the known world at that time, during the time of the Roman Empire. But he was a man who was in charge of a hundred men. And the Bible says that he was praying, and at the ninth hour, an angel came to him. An angel, see, the gospel is Supernatural. These things happened, not just in the Old Testament, not just in the New Testament, but the Old Testament as well. People were having supernatural experiences. And they never stopped when the Bible was finished. They have continued throughout history, where people are testifying to having... Supernatural occurrences with God. All throughout history, in the days of John Wesley, in the days of the, the Quakers and the days of Charles Finney uh, and so on and the holiness movements, people have testified and they're still testifying today of meeting with a God who is supernatural. When the presence of God comes into a meeting, that is supernatural. You know when somebody preaches or prays, and the power of God comes on them during worship or, uh, or preaching, or whatever it may be, it's uh, supernatural. It's a supernatural gospel. But it says an angel came into him at the ninth hour as he was praying. See, as he was praying, something was being unlocked. You know, and the angel began to give him divine instructions and began to tell him that it says it says it was a vision, but it was also it was a, a real experience. And began to say to him, "Send men to Simon." Peter, who's living with Simon Tanner by the sea, it says, and in, in, he's got something to say to you. So this was two groups of people. One of the groups was Gentile, and the other group was Jews. And they didn't know each other. They were in two different locations. See, God will connect people together, and he usually, usually he will use human mediators. But this time, for some reason, he used an angel. And it's th- this angel began to speak to Cornelius, two thousand years ago in a language that Cornelius could understand it must have been the language Cornelius spoke you know which would have been uh, Latin wouldn't it? if, it if he uh, it, it was a Roman soldier I began to speak to him in a language he couldn't understand and gave him specific instructions and said send me to this house which in another location and he even gave, told him where the house was and that began to take place and two days later These men were approaching the house uh, where Simon Peter was, the Apostle Peter. And at the very time they were approaching the house, within two days of Keneal's having his experience, Peter was in prayer, it says. He was in prayer and he began to have his own experience. And it says he went into a trance. And in the trance he had a vision. And God began to speak to him. In that vision, and this is what God was saying to him, if I just, just God was speaking to him parabolically, but God was saying to him, the time is now, the time is right now for this gospel now to go to the Gentiles. And Peter's thinking was wrong, God showed him in that vision, he's thinking was wrong because he says, We don't mix with these uh, Gentile people, these non Jewish people, but God showed him in that vision, No, you will go to them, and don't call anything unclean that I have called clean and see something was unlocked as Peter was in prayer something was unlocked and he began to have this supernatural experience the same as Cornelius did two days earlier and as he came out the experience the Bible tells us that the Spirit spoke to him. This was how much clarity he was experiencing. It says the Spirit spoke to him. and says the men are at the door right now. These guys were ready to chap the door. And uh, they connected. They connected. So that was two supernatural events in Acts chapter 10. Which led to the third one, where they went to Cornelius' house. So Peter's people and the people that Cornelius had sent, they began to travel to Cornelius' uh, house. And this was the third event that took place. See, Peter's destiny and Cornelius' destiny was ready to collide. And our destinies, you know, we all have a destiny. And it's, you know, it's really, it's to do with people. It's to do with Uh, relationships to do with divine connections like in here there was two or three hundred people came through here yesterday you know this is what our destinies are all about whether it's connecting with people within the community or within other churches you know God has a purpose and these two destinies were ready to collide and the world would never be the same because right now up to the present day we can look back to what's happening today right back to Acts chapter 10 where the the Gentiles began to get this message about salvation and what happened was Peter arrived at the house Cornelius's people were there his family and friends and he begins to preach about Jesus Christ about Jesus Christ died on a cross how he was raised on the third day and every single person that was there Every Gentile person, see, the Jews were saved already. They had received Christ, the small group of Jews that were there. But every single Gentile, before he had even finished what he was saying, every single person received Jesus Christ as a Saviour, the Bible tells us. Every single person. And it says they all received the Holy Spirit. And, uh, you know, history was made at that very moment. And, They see God is looking for people see this guy Cornelius he was saved by the grace of God and God alone but there was something about his life that got God's attention and I just want to highlight some verses here uh, within Acts chapter 10 about Cornelius and what, what it was that got God's attention In verse 2, I might read verse 2, 3 and 4, it says, A devout man, and one who feared God with all his household, who gave alms generously to the people, and prayed to God always. About the ninth hour of the day, he saw clearly in a vision an angel of God coming in and saying to him, Cornelius. Verse 4, And when he observed him, he was afraid and said, What is it, Lord? This is Cornelius talking to the angel. So he said to him, Your prayers... And your alms have come up for a memorial before God Alms meaning given to the poor And we'll just go down further To verse 30 And verse 31 And it says So Cornelius said Four days ago I was fasting Until this hour And at the ninth hour I prayed in my house And behold a man stood before me In bright clothing And said Cornelius your prayer Has been heard And your alms are remembered in the sight of God these two things within these verses about prayer and giving they keep coming up again and again and again and if you don't r- remember too much of this this morning just see if you can remember this of, I'll go back to verse 4 it says so he said to him that's the angel speaking this is part of verse 4 just the second part of verse 4 of Acts chapter 10 so he said to him your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God see this guy really got God's attention and God was saying now the time is right now for this gospel to go to the Gentiles and I'm going to start with him I'm starting with him your prayers and your arms, your prayers and your giving, have come up as a memorial before God. Something was unlocked that affects us right up to the present day, yeah. and we see very clearly here it was his prayer, prayers were done that, and his giving that, that was come up. Meaning, God acknowledged this guy. God acknowledged them. He got God's attention. You think, what has giving got to do with anything? You know, thank God for people within the Western Church, within the evangelical movement, because there's a, people are giving and giving and giving and giving within Baptist churches, within uh, Brethren churches, within so, so many churches, you know. There's people in the West that have learned this about giving. You know, may thank God for that. And this man, Cornelius, it was what does giving mean? it's really an expression of love As see the prayer he prayed to God always and gave alms the prayer was really his heart for God and the giving was really his heart for people this guy Cornelius he never just had a heart for God but he had a heart for people and he really began to stand out for the crowd and God is looking for people right now who are going to get his attention and this will be people with these same characteristics of Cornelius who have got a heart for God but also a heart for people see Cornelius he's came and he's went today we're living in a new generation you know it's a new time where God is going to once again reintroduce his power and he's going to raise up testifiers. People who will testify of the goodness and the mercy of God. And it's, things are going to change. As I say, they're not going to remain as they are. Although we share our faith now and we testify. But the day is coming where they're going to begin to respond. They're going to be, begin to respond en masse. And what are we going to testify out of? We're going to testify out of our own experience. We need our own experience with God. A personal ongoing encounter with the very presence of God a tangible experience and uh, God never disappointed Cornelius they received Christ him everybody around about him you know they received Christ they received the Holy Spirit the very power of God and what did they say Tari in the city of Jerusalem until you're endued with power from on high meaning pray and you'll have your own experience also uh, you shall receive power when the Holy Ghost comes upon you to be witnesses meaning there's going to be substance to what you're saying see if I share the gospel with some somebody and there's not nothing if I'm not walking this out there'll be no substance there but if I'm walking this out there'll be substance you know and I'll be testifying from experience Back in uh, 1857, there was a man by the name of uh, Jer- Jeremiah Lanfear. He lived from 1801 to 1900. He lived till he was 99 years old. And he was a, a New York businessman. And at the age of 56, he rented a room. He put an advert in the paper. And he, he rented a room in Fulton Street, New York. And the advert he put in the paper was: "Does anybody want to come and pray during during the lunch break? You know, uh, uh, during work time, but at, at the lunch hour." And six people showed up at the first meeting, and they began to pray. See, something was was awakened within them. Where he's saying, ah, "I'm going to pray." And really, he maybe never thought about like this at the time, but something was going to be unlocked. There was going to be an unlocking that we see here within the scriptures, and might we see here within his life, and what we see throughout history. Something being unlocked through, the, through, through those prayers. Six people showed up at the first meeting. Within three weeks, 40 people were in that meeting. And these meetings went from once a week to every day. And within about 10 months, there was thousands of people showing up at that meeting. You know, obviously they, they, they moved to a bigger hall, and uh, and it began to spread to other lo- locations. It was called a prayer revival. And they believe that was the the catalyst of the third great awakening, where two million people came to the saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. And that's what we need again another prayer revival. You know, that we'll give ourselves to prayer. You know, give ourselves to God in such a way that something is going to be unlocked. Something is going to be unlocked. And it'll go from prayer to demonstration from prayer it's already going on right now you know but it's going to increase it's going to increase and increase and the prayer will continue but we'll begin to see the fruit of that prayer and uh, it's going to increase and it's going to begin to manifest in salvation salvation on a mass scale healing as well like we see in the book of Acts on a mass scale and God is looking for people like Jeremiah Lanfer and like Cornelius the Roman centurion who are going to get his attention your prayers and your arms have come up for a memorial before God, in other words Cornelius your time has came God is now going to acknowledge you, God is now going to do something with your life, you know God is God is now going to move you into something and if we are living for him today you know the time is going to come where god is going to acknowledge us god is going to do something with my life and with your life and it's going to impact people you know maybe a few people and maybe many 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 people but what it is, what is what am i saying here is wanting to raise up testifiers those who have been transformed by the power of god the fire of god is going to fall and we're going to see this gospel going from in here to out there, and see people coming in. You know, it's it's exciting, exciting times. You know, and uh, I was just just been in that prayer room and listening to some of this stuff, game um, and uh, you were saying, and just feeling the presence of God in that anticipation, it was just another confirmation of many, you know, that God, we're living in a very significant time period where the fire of God is going to fall and things will not remain as they are. So I'm just going to pray and uh, hand it back to Graham. Father, we are crying out, Lord. I feel the passion within this place, Lord. I feel the the momentum within this place Lord and the anticipation. Lord and we think of that persistent widow who she would not not take no for an answer. Lord in this day we are not taking no for an answer that things will not remain as they are Lord we're crying out to you this morning Lord The the time is near approaching, Lord. The preparation has been long. The trials and the tribulations have been difficult, Lord, and painful. Sometimes, Lord, we feel as if we're just surviving, Lord. But we want to go from survival to revival, Lord, we're going to, we want to go from survival to, to life and peace, to abundant life, Lord, and prosperity. From struggle, Lord, maybe character defects, to being transformed into the image of Christ. Lord, I thank you for this church, Lord. as a beacon of light to this community, Lord. We thank you, Lord, that you, like in the days of the book of Acts Acts chapter 5 that it will go from here right out into the streets and back in here Lord and it will begin, begin to be an, an overlapping Lord be, this move of God will begin to converge Lord we thank you for connecting people Lord within different locations by the fire of God Lord which we prayed about already this morning by the very fire of God Lord in us prophecy Lord that you prayed about these different fires breaking out all over Scotland you beginning to connect the fires Lord for God commands a blessing then brethren dwell together in unity lord lord may we love you this morning lord we give you our lives lord may live for you and you alone lord we're crying out lord that the time will come soon lord the time of the divine supernatural turnaround lord in the mighty name of jesus christ amen